many among us today dealing with grief. Lord, come Holy Spirit, bring healing to our hearts and to our minds. Let your joy be on the horizon. Let us know that we are not to despair forever. Let us know that we're not alone. Meet us in the midst of the dark times, O Lord. Meet us in the midst of the challenge and in the trial. We worship you, Savior, who endured the seasons of trial, who endured even the cross for the joy set before you. O Lord, let us see your joy before us, that we would endure that which is between us and your joy. And give us peace, Lord, as we walk this journey. Give us patience, Lord, as we walk this journey. Let us not give in to the tempter. Let us not give in in the midst of trial. But let us persevere in the power and the name of Christ. Lord, we lift up those around us in our lives. Maybe those who live next door to us, our co-workers, those who... We run across at different events, social circles, basically our neighbors, oh God. We lift them up before you. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Show us that you're sending us into the world to be the hands and feet of Christ in a world that may or may not know you, that may or may not have your love in their hearts, that may not know that you gave your life for them. Let us be the light, let us be the salt, let us be the hands and the feet, the very extension of your goodness and your grace. Come and meet us in this place, Lord. Give us a word. Empower me to preach and teach your gospel, your good news. Cut through the layers of defense that we put between us and you. Come, Holy Spirit. Now, church, I invite you to look at the screen as we pray a version of the prayer that our Lord and Savior taught us to pray. Let us pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Church, please stand for the reading of God's word from the book of Matthew. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Lord, add your blessing to the reading of your word. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings. 
continue on in our series, which is a book series. We do a book series in our church every year, and in all five of our worship services, we, uh, the three preachers in our church, preach on the book. Uh, If you don't have the book, you don't have to have it. It's good supplemental material, or I don't know, maybe you think my sermons are the supplemental material. I don't know. I'll let you be the judge of that. But uh, it's called DNA of a Christ Follower, The Eight Essential Traits by Darren Ride. We gave these out a few weeks ago, and uh, if you don't have one, still time to get caught up. Go and order or buy one, um, whether online or in the store. And if you would like to, to jump in and get caught up with us, that'd be great. We're uh, just about a third of the way through the book. The author, Darren Ride, talks about eight essential traits for one who is a follower of Christ and talks about using this DNA uh, metaphor as in DNA is an essential part of who we are, not uh, an optional part of who we are. So the different foci that we have in this series are part of what it really legitimately means to be a follower of Jesus that we take this and we measure it up against ourselves saying this is the bar. This is part of who God has called us to be. And if, if we're not that, then we're not yet living into who God made us and created us to be. Okay, and so Lent is a great time of year. Uh, we, we really need to be repenting of our sins all year long, uh, but Lent is a great just little checkpoint in the year, 40 days of fasting, 40 days of repentance, 40 days of kind of doing a, a little bit of a deeper check on ourselves, if you will, as we prepare for Easter, as we prepare for resurrection. So these eight essential traits, I think we might have them. Do we have those? On the screen. So here are the the traits, uh, just so you'll know, uh, that we're going to focus on. Last week we talked about uh, uh, one of the essential traits is that a a Christ follower is a lover of God. And then you can see today we're going to look at lover of people, 
holy, truth-based, evangelistic, persevering, God-dependent, focused on eternity. So now you know that we're not just throwing you curveballs or surprising you. You know what's going to be coming. In today's scripture, a lawyer comes to ask Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And that's probably a pretty standard answer, and we talked about that last week, and that's actually where we cut it off last week. But Jesus continues on. He says, and the second one is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. A little bonus commandment. All right. So Jesus goes on to say that all the Old Testament, the, the law and the prophets, hang on these two commandments, to love God and to love neighbor. Furthermore, these two commandments are inseparable. In fact, obeying one necessarily implies that you obey the other. If you really love God, then your love of God will also be expressed by loving your neighbor. We looked at last week how love of God is always tied to action. We can't just say, God, I love you, meaning, God, I have warm, fuzzy feelings for you, and I sing really cool Christian songs on Sunday morning in worship. That's not meeting the standard. Love always ends up in some kind of action, some kind of doing, some kind of not just being hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Jesus in Matthew 22 is putting the Pharisees and Sadducees and lawyers in their place. And he's really kind of sticking it to them on this issue of love. These Pharisees and Sadducees appear to be loving God. They appear to be holy. But one of Jesus' main contention points with them is they really don't care about other people. That all they're doing is about themselves. At the end of the day, it's just a big project in self-advancement and self-preservation. They're using God, they're using religion to promote themselves rather than the one commandment that needs to be hinged on loving God, and that is loving neighbor. And so Jesus throws in this extra commandment of loving neighbor. Now, where does this commandment to love neighbor come from? Anybody know where love neighbor comes from? Book of the Bible? Anyone? Anyone? Leviticus. Amen. Leviticus. I think someone might have whispered it, but you didn't want to really put it out there. It's okay. You get credit. That wonderful Old Testament book that is a part of God's revelation for how his people, Israel, were to live in a covenant relationship with God. So we're going to jump in and read Leviticus 19 because we need some context for this love your neighbor business, okay? So this is when God is giving the law to Israel. They're in the wilderness. They haven't even gotten into the land yet. And God's saying, look, when you get into the land, this is how you need to operate, okay? Here's how you do this. So... He says, when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. You shall not strip your vineyard bare or gather the falling grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and the alien. I am the Lord your God. You shall not steal. You shall not deal falsely. You shall not lie to one another. 
You shall not swear falsely by my name, profaning the name of the Lord. I am the Lord. You shall not defraud your neighbor. You shall not steal, says steal twice, and you shall not keep for yourself the wages of a laborer until morning. You shall not revile the deaf or put a stumbling block before the blind. You shall fear your God. I am the Lord. You shall not render an unjust judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great. With justice, you shall judge your neighbor. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people, and you shall not profit by the blood of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate in your heart any one of your kin. You shall reprove your neighbor, you shall, or you will incur guilt yourself. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you shall, and finally we get to it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Leviticus puts this command.